right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Sports and More. Um, I wish I could do an intro a little bit better, but honestly, a lot of stuff has happened in the last 24, 48 hours, which has been absolute craziness. And yeah, so so much so crazy in fact that i forgot to do the the usual intro so hi guys gals and non-binary pals i my name is connor and welcome to another episode of sports and more and today uh we've got three big things to talk about uh in the world of sports honestly one of them is just one of them is throw my laptop off a cliff inducing but before i even get to that i want to right away introduce my guests today um if you follow me on twitter which you should you'll know that the the, the frequent dialogue i have with these guys you'll know the event that i was a part of with these guys just last month you'll know how much of a success it was and you'll know a little bit about what these guys do and these guys go by the name of phil and jake and they are the black fires so guys welcome to the show at long last Hey, hey, what's good? Glad to be on. So, real quick, uh, just a little, uh, can you guys give a brief introduction about each of you guys? Uh, Jake, I'll start with you. Can you give a little bit of a brief introduction about you? And then, Phil, you do the same. Yeah, so we're, we're, we used to be the only people in Black Fires, but we uh, did a lot of growing this offseason. And part of last year, too. But um, we are a, like, black culture supporters group for the Chicago Fire and Chicago Red Stars. Um, We, our our whole purpose is to, like, celebrate black heritage and culture in the same way that soccer tends to celebrate, like, European culture and, um, and Hispanic culture. So that's really, I think, our... It's kind of crazy. Our 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 statement gets shorter every time we do it. So <laughs> it really does. I'm, it really does. It, I'm, it, it's funny how that usually works out. I think the last sh- the last show that I heard from you guys, or the one that I remember, to even just kind of put that point you guys made into perspective, you guys were on uh, for the culture, and that in your intro was. A lot longer <laughs> than it was just now, so I don't know if you just. So I don't know if it's just a matter of just du- of just like dumbing it down, just condensing it significantly, or what. But it's you know, sometimes baby. that's what you have to do. <laughs> you know, because people don't get it, and then you have to drag them on Twitter. Oh my god! The day. He, let's. Uh, we, are we gonna go down that rabbit hole? <laughs> All right. Not yet. Not yet. Let's uh, <laughs> let's work into it. Oh my god, because uh, we could, I could spend the entire night on that. Um, it's, it's, god, that was bullshit. What happens? Uh, anyways, uh, so, uh, so let's get right into it, guys. Uh, let's talk. I, I mentioned last month, and obviously that was the Black History Month event. It was the second year, the second year you guys have done an event like that. It was the first time you guys did it in that panel format. Uh, obviously. Again, thank you guys for uh, like giving me the chance to moderate that, and it was phenomenal. But from the guys who really organized it, you guys, uh, tell me how that entire process went down, how the idea came in, came to plan, how you guys wanted to make it into that panel, and then just 
walk walk me through everything that happened up to the day that it happened. Oh Lord. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that was our second Black History Month event. The first one we kind of did spur of the moment, I think. Um, on the rooftop of Reggie's, there's like a preseason game going on at some point in February. Uh, so we're just like, hey, just show up here. We had some raffles going on. Um, and after that, me and Phil were talking about after, and we were like, let's do it a little bigger next time. And I think literally the next week, um, the MLS, or MLS had a, a roundtable with Aaron West, Crystal Dunn, I think, and like Mark McKenzie, um, where they did like a roundtable. I mean, Phil were like, oh, yeah, that's next year. Um, and then from there, uh, we kind of we kind of like worked on other stuff. And then I think around September, we started like, hey, let's like really get this going. Um, Want to get some good players going on here. So you're kind of brainstorming from there. You can uh, take the rest of that. So. Yeah, and it, it was pretty much just working our way into uh, figuring out exactly who we wanted and um, for that panel. And it really uh, started out with making sure we went after uh, the first Chicago proper homegrown in Andre Reynolds. That was huge for us. Um just reaching out to him and he was really excited about it from the jump. So that was a feel good feeling. Um, we also had help from uh, section eight and uh, being able to reach out to uh, the former players in Ross and this they Um We had a lot of help. We had help from local one thirty four. shout outs to Maggie and Lauren um, uh, bringing in uh <laughs> <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. CDC help. Oh no. <laughs> uh, we had uh, Sarah they Gordon. helped a big time in getting Sarah Gordon. Yeah, uh, just to fill that in. That's what I was trying to get to before uh, the Rona <laughs> decided to drop by. <laughs> <laughs> Disrespectful. He said it, not me. Let's see it one thing. Yeah, I I did say it first. <laughs> it wasn't. I didn't even say it second. You just said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Phil, continue, man. Yeah. Um. But um. And then uh, we found out that Michael, as he uh, was really interested in the event, and so at that point we were like, "All right, come through, please. That'd be great." And so that is how. Uh, we really started to put together our, our uh, panel, and then it was just really easy figuring out uh, who we wanted to moderate it, and that was you. And you decided to come through with a nice little, nice little jacket right there. <laughs> which yeah, you, you gotta wear that and... every. You gotta wear that every game now. So we're gonna be, now. we're gonna be expecting it. I'm sorry, I'm not wearing. That in the middle of like a July game, unless you want nope, me to just keel over are. a heat stroke. <laughs> no, we'll buy another one, and you can cut off the sleeve. I didn't. I didn't drop almost. No, no, we are not cutting <laughs> off the sleeves on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is what we're not going to do. Well, I mean, you know, know, if it works, it works. But uh, yeah, (laughs) Uh, that was pretty much how it all came together. And then finding the venue, Some Like It Black, it was a great venue. I agree, Um, yeah. um, It was just wonderful, right? Um, right, right by it was very convenient. I, I, uh, in terms of, you know, p- getting people to be able to go there, you know, right by the green line and the red line. So, uh, it, it was very, um, very open and willing to help us, and it turned out to be a great place. Great drinks, especially the drinks. Oh my God, yeah. King Kunta, best drink I've had. I was just about to say that. The King Kunta was the best, hands down. I get, yeah, wow. Uh, Day of, though, was a little behind the scenes. Day of was a little hectic. (laughs) To say Um, the least. What even happened? I uh so, I think I like, had to come back from a clone game and Phil had to pick me up and we like misjudged how long because we had to pick up the food before the event and I think we like misjudged how far away it is. <laughs> severely misjudged. So like we so, showed up we showed up to the food place um I think what forty minutes before we were supposed to be setting up and like it turned out to be fine. But like in the moment, I think me and Phil were like both super nervous. So we're like, uh, this is not great. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I was sitting there wondering what, like, really? Because everything that happened, I'm like, I did not ask for this much trouble. Yeah. But hey, you know, it worked out. People ate the food, enjoyed the food. Shout out to Kenya Cooks. Um, it was just a it was a good meal, great drinks, and then you and the panel did were just awesome. It really could not have gone better, actually, if you think about it. Like it really could not have gotten any better. I think it was the actual perfect event. I actually do want to talk about the reaction to that, because you guys you guys mentioned section eight, you guys mentioned local one thirty four, both of them being so instrumental on getting some of those people to be a part of the panel uh what was what was the reaction like i mean obviously right at the end of it you know everyone was just so up in arms so uh so excited you know high fives hugs all around like congrats congrats and everything but in the, in the days following that and maybe even the days leading up to it leading up to that event how was the dialogue with with all the people that you talked to uh as a part of those groups and even people like maybe even the fire organization or the red stars organization, like how, what, what was the dialogue like and how was the reactions to it and everything? Uh, I would say during, and you would say, and even after once it was all said and done. Um, (laughs) I would say it was, um, it was almost, uh, all positive. I mean, it was, we had a lot of people supporting us, so uh, it wasn't necessarily any, you know, anything out of the ordinary to my recollection. Um, you know, a lot of support from, you know, the front office. They were very happy about us. And then afterwards, you know, got a nice 
uh, email from Nelson thanking us for uh, being uh, being able to put on the event. Um, I want to say Red. Uh, I don't know. I I didn't talk directly with anyone from Red Stars. I know Jake might uh, might have, but um, they were really uh, behind us when it came to doing the event. Yeah, they didn't really like say anything in particular, but I think like I think sometimes there's that silent appreciation sometimes. Right. Um, yeah. Like I'm sure if I see like Arnhem later on in the season, I'm sure I'll say like bring it up or something. So I mean, I think one thing I learned in doing and I'm sure Phil learned too is like I think sometimes if someone doesn't say something or like doesn't like freak out like you know it, it sometimes the best sometimes a good reaction is just like especially after an event like that it's just people will have like taking in what was said you know what i mean like people went up out, up after us saying how great it was and stuff like that and like not everyone did but that's not necessarily a bad thing i think there's like a lot of really hard questions that the panelists went through um that even me and phil weren't thinking that they were going to go through all the way um and they did so i think that's kind of my feeling on it and i think every time we meet someone that um since the event or like saw the video that uh the fire edited for us together um i think like it does it comes up a lot and i think that's really the most important thing is that even after a few weeks people are still thinking about it so um that's always a good thing it, mainly when you think about it like some of the stories that you heard uh, especially with Michael Azira like his story really hit hard w- when you think about everything that he went through and coming to the country and trying to play soccer and just that whole thing I think that really had the crowd silent and you know it's something where you didn't necessarily need to hear any uh, response. You just saw it in people's eyes, how they were taking in, like that really happened. Yeah. You know? And so it, I think overall, it's like Jake said, when you consider everything that was being discussed, I think, um, you know, I think it was done so well to the point where, you didn't always need a reaction after every comment that was made, and that's fine. So what's the future hold as far as events like that? So the first year was, you guys mentioned Spur of the Moment. This past, or this year, last month, was a, was in a, panel, in a panel format. Do you guys have any idea on which direction you're leaning on, if it's going to be a repeat uh, type of deal with like a panel type of format or if it's you guys are going to look to another format is have have you guys even began any discussions about that at all not together um i have my own ideas but like we should definitely talk about it at some point um yeah well in terms of like black history month event definitely want to like always want to continue i think one thing about black fires is like um that i think is great having a co-founder like phil because he thinks the same way it's like um it's never good enough we always want to keep pushing it so um next year whatever it is it'll, it'll be bigger than this year and then the year after that keep it going so i feel like uh 
hopefully Phil will agree with me on that one. Oh, no, 100%. Uh, uh, that's something that we always will aim for. And I think the one thing that on top of that, that uh, and I'm glad Jake is like-minded with me in the idea of with Black Fires, we're Black 24-7, or Black 24/7, 365, 366, including this year. Um, and in that mindset, we're just not going to do you know, the one event during Black History Month and call it a day. No, there's something we're going to be working on, you know, two or three, four, maybe five events we're going to try to do in a year. You know, uh, we're always thinking, we're always trying to plan, we're always trying to figure out whether we can make something work or not. And so that's always going to be our priority, not only to grow the support, but, you know, to work on, uh, bringing people together, and uh, I really think that uh, is something we know that we're going to continue to work on. Well, I know that from my family standpoint, and it's it was very, for me personally, it was cool just having my parents there. Because I've, as I've like alluded to like in a, on a couple of jokes and everything on like Twitter and every, and all of that, as far as like my actual household, I'm the only one that gives a damn about the sport <laughs> of soccer. Like a hundred percent, I'm the only one. Like I'm sure there are people on my mom's side of the family who care a little bit more, because uh, my mom, you know, born born in Belize and everything, and you know they have they have their national I team. Believe my family do. Really, well, my, really, yeah, part of my mom's family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my mom's my mom's from there and everything, and my dad is. My dad is a black kid born in the south side of Chicago. So, so I mean, yeah, they no one in my no one in my in my house really cares about the sport. There's a couple of cousins that I know that care and everything, but in my house nobody gives a damn. Like I put on soccer and right away they they just they just take it and they just flip the channel like nope, not happening. Um, <laughs> but for but I think the part that meant a lot for me, obviously, was A, being a part of something like that. You know, like I've told my parents, I told my parents this and I told my friends this a billion times. But the fact that I was only X amount of months removed from uh, graduating Whitewater, still haven't officially had, don't didn't have an, an official full-time job yet, still don't, actually. Um, and to be a part of something like that was obviously one of the biggest things that I've done you know since graduating sharing the stage with those people uh and everything and so and so having my parents there and them really enjoying it and then literally hearing them say like you know what we might have to check out a game or game or two i literally sat there in the back i was just like hell yes i was like mission accomplished i've like this, this is what i needed so i but i know they loved it they absolutely loved uh the the answers that everybody gave they said the same things about my about michael's answers they like my dad was saying that he had to say he literally sat there and he just had this feeling of just damn like he really went through that and a lot of stuff so and i know a lot of the people that i talked to and i shared the video with some friends and no they were they had nothing but amazing things to say like i have i think the only negative thing that i heard was people saying that they wish they were there that was the only negative thing that i heard so. And that was too hot. We had to open the door. So yeah, it, it, yeah, it, you know what? <laughs> we couldn't do anything about that, right? You know? Right. <laughs> 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 but, 
But let's shift gears a little bit more to uh, a little bit more current as in the last 24, 48 hours. And in a way, I'm glad that we didn't record last night. Uh, if you're listening to this, we're recording this uh, Thursday night. And we were originally uh, looking into Wednesday. And good God almighty, am I glad that that didn't happen because so much happens in uh the last 24 hours and that's not even talking about the big like the biggest thing that i initially wanted to make this episode about um of course of course that being the lawsuit uh, between the, the u.s soccer federation and the u.s women's soccer team but again that's saving that for last because i'm sure that we all three of us have opinions on that but the big but the thing i'm t- talking about here is obviously the coronavirus and in the last 24 hours and correct me if i'm wrong here or if i'm missing anything but baseball has been suspended that happened earlier today or earlier thursday uh the ten, uh the wta tennis there's they've sus- they've suspended play the nba is is suspended indefinitely because not one but now two players uh were tested positive for the coronavirus and rudy gobert and donovan mitchell the nfl they're looking into things uh uh, changes with the draft the nhl has been suspended mls has been suspended the nwsl earlier today canceled all of their preseason games and, and other leagues have been following suit. They, the G League, uh, the USHL, uh, I think a couple indoor soccer leagues, and and I've, and how can and I almost forgot March Madness. March Madness is canceled. Men's and women's, and then all spring sports are gone. They're not to be played. So no college World Series, no softball World Series. Yeah, the, um, they. Uh... So I went to, for those who wouldn't have known, I went to a NAI, NAIA school, St. Xavier. And so uh, their women's team had just arrived in Sioux City for their women's basketball tournament. And then literally three days into it, I believe it was the second day of play, they just canceled the tournament. And it was really a gut punch to uh, the fans and I know it probably was a gut punch to all the players and coaches because you know to literally cancel it in the middle instead of being able to just come to the common sense and say you know what let's not even make them travel out let's not make them make the travel all the way out there just to cancel it midway through I think that's the frustration you're getting from a lot of fans and players uh, just in every sport at this point, uh, especially in the uh, collegiate basketball, uh, I feel like that's a reoccurring thing. You have these commissioners or you have the people in charge and they're letting these tournaments happen and then deciding at the last minute, you know what, let's just now cancel. If you're thinking about protecting the players, then you should have already been having these conversations about, you know, just shutting down the tournaments just for the welfare and the safety of them all from the get-go. But that's just my opinion. Jake, your thoughts? I'm just, in general? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, well it needs to be done. I mean, um, I think right now, especially with the leagues that are taking a while to suspend, you can obviously, and I think in just in general with how it's being handled, you can see people bouncing, like not even bouncing, trying to make a decision between how much money can I get out of this still, and how can I like abide by making sure people are safe and some people are more on the like NBA I think really as soon as Rudy Gobert was tested positive for that they're like no everyone's done um Premier League's taking forever they still haven't canceled it but I know it's like literally four in the morning or something there or whatever um they have to do it though they have to do at this point um I don't know. Like, I think it's disappointing. Like, my favorite international team played a game on Wednesday without any fans, and it was miserable because we lost. But it was also miserable because there's no fans there. Um, and it sucks. But I think people are understanding that fans really do bring so much to making the short the sport enjoyable. Like, nobody wants to watch it just players playing and essentially a, a graveyard like nobody wants that so um i think what's happening has to happen it should happen because that's the only way this stuff's not going to get worse um oh, oh I'm, I'm i'm sorry but i uh is it, it cordero oh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i thought we were gonna wait till the end <laughs> yeah i was gonna wait <laughs> I just saw that. I just, I'm just now looking at it, honestly. Uh, but I'm sorry. Like, pl- pl- uh, uh, I'm sorry if you can't finish your thought. I'll give my my two cents on the coronavirus thing, and then we, yeah, I we, think we gotta think, go. Yeah, we gotta yes. get into this. Basically, like, stay safe out there, kids. Don't go to St. Patrick's Day. It's gonna be that's literally gonna be the worst thing about this stuff. And um, oh, wash your damn hands. What the fuck? Honestly, yeah, you soap. You soap. It's there for a reason. Uh, I mean, yeah, hand sanitizer is a band-aid. Actually, use some damn dial. Where are you, what are you doing? I think anyone who knows Put me knows. Just, honestly, anyone who knows me knows how outspoken I've been about that. And the thing that disgusts me about it probably is just the people that are acting that washing their hands is, an, is a new concept, which it isn't. But I digress. Um, as a fan, obviously watching a lot, watching literally every sport that I enjoy to watch being suspended or altered in a significant way, or just in the case of March Madness, you know, something that I've been like looking forward to for a while, it, it, it sucks. And especially for baseball, which is easily and probably my favorite sport, like it really sucks because this was probably the most excited I've been for a season in a long time for numerous reasons. Um, so I think it's going to be an adjustment period from the fan side of things. But when I look at it from just an overall health perspective, I would much rather be, for lack of better terms, bored and have the things that distract me from, I guess, everyday vices and everything. I would rather have that be postponed a little bit and be off, off, left off to my own devices and do what, do what I have to do than see a situation like this grow to a level where it could have just catastrophic levels of death or just life-altering anything 
So it's it's one of those things where, yeah, like talking to some of my friends about it today, it's just like this freaking blows. You know, I was supposed to go to a spring training game at, in Miller Park in a couple of weeks, and that's not going to happen. Obviously, the home opener for the fire. Super excited about that. You know, that that's not going to happen for quite some time. But in the grand scheme of things, I think I, 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 I'm it's it's like you said, Jake, it's one of these things that just had to be done. And in the long run, I think everyone will be better off for it. Uh, it just sucks that it's with everyone over with like I don't want to say overreacting, but with there 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 could have been protocols set in place where just the disease could have been contained a little bit more. But that's that's an issue for another day, for another time, for another for another discussion that I just don't have the energy for, honestly. Um, but. At the end of the day, I think it's it, it it it's right. It's what needed to be done. And if I gotta wait a couple more weeks to watch some to watch some actual games, I'll wait a couple more weeks. So be it. I I, I got Xbox. I got PlayStation. I got Netflix. I got Disney Plus. I got Hulu. I'll live. I'll be fine. <laughs> Weird flex, dude. Weird flex. <laughs> All right, listen. <laughs> All right, listen. I can explain. All right, millionaire. What's going on? <laughs> Trust me. If I was a millionaire, if I was a millionaire, a lot of my problems would be solved right now. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. How it works, and I think it's a nice little rotation thing that my family does. Um, and it just kind of weirdly worked out this way. Everybody, everybody, like, is kind of like, I guess, the chief owner of a certain streaming thing. Like, my mom has had the Netflix account for years. I have the I have the what's now the family Hulu account because I got it when they uh, when I had uh, Spotify premium and everything when they had that deal when I was in school. So I obviously just kept both and everything. And since and uh, I still use Spotify, I was like, screw it. I might as well just keep Hulu since there's still stuff that I watch on there. Uh, Disney Plus was, you know, everyone in my family wanted it. But my sister ended up being the one to, to pull the trigger on that. So she runs that. And so it's. It's not try, trust me. I don't have money to do all of that. That's just that's not even worth. That's not worth my time and effort and my money to literally own all those streaming services. But they're all family accounts that everyone is like an owner of. And then like so, I'm good. I only got to worry about one. So it's so it's a okay. I'm jealous your financial, of my your financial planner told you to say that. It's okay. <laughs> Damn, we, 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 you weren't supposed to, you weren't supposed to <laughs> share that. Over, over the, wow. Okay. So Exposed. now that we just, honestly, <laughs> file a lawsuit. Um, <laughs> um, so, all right. Now that the coronavirus thing is done and where where do we start with what with 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 the big thing like where do we do we start from the beginning do we start from no, what's no, we, we, or do we, we go right now we do we start with what just happened and then go back to all make right. to get people to understand so all right so <laughs> let's okay, okay so i'm going to read i'm 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 going to read the actual statement that is released that was released by a certain Carlos Cordero, uh, oh. who was the president of U.S. Soccer. I'm not. I'm not going to read the tweet. I'm just going to read the entire full statement. And I love that this is was breaking in the middle of recording. I love this. Um. All right. And I quote: D- 
dear friends, colleagues, and supporters of U.S. soccer, tonight I am resigning as president of U.S. soccer. It has been an incredible privilege to serve our federation for the past 13 years as a volunteer. I'm proud of the progress that we have made together, together over the past two years, winning our bid to bring the 2026 Men's World Cup to the United States, making federation governance more open and accountable, <laughs> investing more in our national teams and stepping up our efforts to grow the grassroots, LOL, about the investing more in national teams. Um, across our country, soccer continues to grow, and we are making record investments in our players, coaches, and referees at all levels. My one and own, my one and only mission has always been to do what is best for our federation, and it has become clear to me that what is best for now is a new direction. The arguments and language contained in this week's legal filing cause great offense and pain, especially to our extraordinary women's national team players who deserve better. It was unacceptable and inexcusable. I did not have the opportunity to fully review the filing in its I did not have the opportunity to fully review the filing in its entirety before it was submitted. Bullshit. And I take responsibility for doing so. I'm sorry, I had to get that out. Had I done so, I would have objected to language that did not reflect my personal admiration for our women's players or our values as an organization. After discussions with the board of directors, I have decided to step down, effective immediately. In accordance with our bylaws, Sydney Parlow Cohn, who has performed so uh, ably as vice president, will serve as president. I am incredibly grateful for the opportunity to serve the Federation and to help grow this game that we all love. I will always treasure the many weeks that I spent with our women's national team players during the World Cup in France, and I'm thankful for their friendship as u.s soccer moves ahead with its defense against the lawsuit by the team i hope that our remarkable women's players are always treated with the dignity respect and admiration that they truly deserve sincerely carlos cordera peace out <laughs> can can i just say how much bullshit part of that statement was as the president of the federation you're going to tell me that in one of the biggest cases you have had to deal with, you didn't have enough time to go through all the filings. You're telling me you didn't read through those statements before they were made because you had to have known. You're telling me you had no way of knowing that the statements that were we're going to be made. We're gonna, which we're going to go public. You had no knowledge of them at all. That to me sounds like a load of crock. And this is what the U.S. Soccer Federation gets. This is what I. This is this has felt like. It was always going to boil over. They kept kicking the can down the road, thinking that they wouldn't have to really do anything, and now. It has blown up in their faces, deservedly so. They've kept playing around with the women's national team as if it's something they shouldn't have addressed uh, immediately. And now they're being made to pay for it, and deservedly so. And I'm glad. I'm glad the women's team has been able to show them up every step of the way. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's, you're going to get yours. 
he's going to get his and the rest and whoever else was involved in the shambolic defense of U.S. The Soccer Federation, they are going to get theirs. That's just how it's going to be. I, I just... Jake, thoughts? I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I've always hated the U.S. Soccer Federation. So okay. This is hilarious to me. Um, and honestly... I think more than just this has to change about the U.S. Soccer Federation for things to get better. Um, Because if you look at it, right now, there is such a deep hole that this federation is in now. You have the U.S. women's team completely pissed off. You have the men's team completely underperforming in almost every aspect. Like, whoever's stepping up next, um, I forget, what was her name? Is Cindy? Cindy Cohn, Cindy Parlo Cohn. Yeah, I do not envy her whatsoever because she has a lot to fix and not enough time to fix it because these things, like what, World Cup's coming up now. Um, qualifiers are in. Qualifiers are, are I don't know how they're even going to handle that with coronavirus or whatever. But well, basically, I think most importantly is fixing this U.S. women's team relationship because they are carrying the Federation right now. And right now, it seems like they want nothing to be a part of any of it. So, um, them to breaks. Carlos put them in this hole, and now someone else, uh, unfortunately a woman, now has to dig them out. So, um, yeah. I, you know what they say, you gotta hit rock bottom before you know, you start getting back to the top. I think this is the rock bottom. But how did it come to this? Why did it come to this? Is what I'm just... Sexism? They obviously had a, a Redditor do their legal filing. Like this because... is... <laughs> like, I'm, like, there's so many things. There's so many things that I want to just tee off on, and that's and that's just in this statement. I'm not even talking about the actual court filings, which when I first saw, I, I, the worst thing I did was read the comments, which is the number one rule not to do. You're not but supposed I did to. It. You're not supposed to, but I did it, and I think I did it just to validate me being angry, even though I was already validated for being angry. But I don't know because the comments were pretty much what was in the actual legal filing so basically it been worse than that I, I, uh, <laughs> words <laughs> my words Word. oh but here's what i don't get and I'm, that's why i like literally had to like when i was reading it, i like stopped laughed and just if only you saw my face when I literally read the sentence. I did not have the opportunity to fully review the filing in its entirety before it was submitted, and I take responsibility for not doing so. How? You are the president of a federation. The president of a federation that has a lawsuit that you are defending against a team of your own. A team that apparently, apparently is so inferior. So inferior. And you don't have the time. You don't have the time. You're too busy sitting there, uh, McScrooging it up somewhere in, in in the soccer house with your money. Instead, 
doing that instead of reading these court filings when if he was smart, if he was smart, actually, no, clear, you know, no, 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 for, for, no, no, any logical smart man or any logical man who cares about his money like that, if you're in a position like that, you are going to make sure if you have an opportunity to get your hands on something to make sure that it doesn't make you sound like a complete dumbass and cost you money. You're going to make sure you tie up those loose ends. Instead, instead, you let that go out. You go off with the bullshit approach saying that I I, I, I see it. Like, I, I, I can't comment on it because I ain't see it. But you definitely did see it or you definitely felt it when sponsors come came just screaming at you pulling out wanting to talk to you immediately probably because they want to end their working relationship with you in some form or fashion you've got fans coming at your neck you've got ex-players of the men's national team coming after you You have current players a couple i i guess going going after you not to mention the team that last time i checked is the best in the world literally looking at you and going dude the fuck I, I don't get it. I don't get in what world you can honestly sit there and write on a sheet of paper somewhere. And in all honesty, I think he's a coward for releasing a statement. I think the dude should have actually held a press conference. We could look at him and at least have the decency to look at him in the face to try to fake some form of sympathy. But you're I don't gonna... know if you're even able to make a press conference right now, though, dude. I... No, a press conference would have been even more disrespectful in my eyes. Yeah. Then he would have just ha- tried to have all cop cameras on him. Like, do make your statement. Uh, yeah, your I think exit. I think the well, important thing now is like, really, he had his time. It's not about him anymore. Um, let's see what what Cindy does. I think she. I think I read somewhere like in, um, you talking there that like she used to play for the women's national team. So okay. that'll help, or like did something with the U.S. national team. So that should be a good step forward. It, I'd say it's damage control at this point. Yeah, it like, has to be. You're, you're not trying. You, you, you. At this point, you can't even go through with the lawsuit. You literally have to just go ahead and call it what it is. Just um, make. Well, do what you got to do to take okay. care of the to to make sure that you're keeping the women's players happy at this point because you 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 done messed you done goofed up as it is. The only question I have is, is there going to be a special election coming up soon um, for the uh, uh, president spot? I think that I think that's the spot that's in, that Cindy's now the, the the now incumbent for. Now, I don't know if if she's going to stay in that role or, like you said, they're going to have to do some special thing for it. But uh, to get to the lawsuit thing that you mentioned, if, if the thing, uh, you mentioned they don't know how they're going to go through the lawsuit. Um, I just read this tweet from uh, Claire Watkins uh, at Scout Ripley. 
uh, 23 minutes ago saying, as far as I know, U.S. Soccer Federation is still in open litigation with the U.S. Women's National Team under the argument their work is inferior to men. Cordero stepping down doesn't change that. And then she, and then with a tweet following that that she made goes, however, look at how powerful the movement around this team is. If there is a possible moment for real tangible change, it might be now. So for all we know, for all we know, the lawsuit is still a thing. They're going to press forward on it. And even in the closing statements of Cordero's uh, re- resignation letter, he even said that this this is still happening. The lawsuit is still happening. My presidency be damned, essentially. Um, well, I mean, legal things are hard to stop, like especially if you're just now resigning. So um, I'm sure, well, hopefully Cindy's going to like do whatever she can to at least halt it or stop it or whatever. Obviously, I'm not a lawyer, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, let's get into some of the comments of that of of the of the uh, length the court filings actually from earlier this week because it it falls in line with a question that I do want to ask at some point. So let's just start with I don't even I don't even know where to start with this, but let's just start with this this sentence right here the job of a men's national team player carries more responsibility within u.s soccer than the job of a woman's national team player when you when you guys heard that when you guys saw or read that or heard about it and just saw that part before i go any deeper into this what was your reaction um so many thoughts um i don't i don't i don't know how to there's so much i want to go through in terms of that but uh i'm trying to make sure i don't um lose my temper um so my first thing is basically that's just BS. It's a BS statement. As simple as I can put it. That's all I can say. If you have watched U.S. soccer for any period of time and you hear that statement, I'm sorry. I can't sit there. You can't sit there and try to even think about justifying that. It's insulting. It's disrespectful, and more than that, it's just denying history. And I, I Jake, what do you have to say? I, I can't. I can't right now. I literally. What was the line can't. again? I'm trying to find a charger. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, I was trying I to buy you probably, time, buddy. I know it's probably some bullshit, so... Oh, because it is bullshit. <laughs> I was trying to buy you some time there. <laughs> I thought I thought, I thought, thought the funniest part was... Uh, well, I was trying to figure out which part was worse, but I think the one that stuck out to me was uh, the more responsibility one. Is that that's, what we're talking about? Yeah. Because that one's hilarious. Yeah, like, cool. missing the World Cup had more responsibility than winning it? Okay, bros. Winning not one... Not two, not three, but four. four. And that's not even counting the Olympic medals. And the men's team can't even beat Trinidad and Tobago. So, 
I guess, but I guess that carried more responsibility anyway. Hey, so. hey, hey. It's okay. It's harder for them to beat Trinidad and Tobago. I got let because they're true. more hostile fans. Oh my god! Let let let. Yeah, Maybe I'm, you wouldn't have so many hostile fans if you could draw a crowd. Which oh wait, the U.S. women's team does. So very interesting. Uh, very interesting comment there. Oh my goodness. The Federation lawyers grilled women's national team stars like Carly Lloyd and Alex Morgan over the fact that they were not as strong or as fast as players on the men's national team. As U.S. soccer built its case, a lawyer for the organization asked uh, asked Morgan, do you think it requires more skill to play for the U.S. men's national team? And then as you mentioned, I don't hear. Yep. Here's here's this line. Here's this line. Uh, this one passage from this article um, that U.S. men's Team players often face openly hostile fans at their own home games. U.S. Soccer argued was also evidence that men work a different, more demanding. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I can't. I'm not. I can't, and I won't. I can't finish that because how are you going to? Draw a crowd, bro. You, if you could draw a crowd and not make your tickets eighty dollars to see outdoor and uh, Gaia Cesardes hit headers over the bar every five minutes. Um, how- I just how are you uh, going to say that you have that they, you that? continuously <laughs> missing like easy chances? How are you going to sit there and try to say like, oh, they go through a hostile environment. The men go through more harder times. The women's team go through harder times because literally to keep it short, they're women. This half the freaking men in this country are dicks. And the way they treat them, the language that the language that is used in this is the same language that people on Twitter or that one grouchy ass dude at the bar is is just mumbling on his breath. Like, oh, this isn't a real sport. Those ladies aren't as good. And they're the same ones. Who's like, you lost to 15 year olds in a goddamn scrimmage. Like, and I guarantee you, those 15 year olds probably. I just no, no, I. The moment I saw that was the line there that like sent me that sent me off. That was the one there. Because how are you going to say that the men team goes to are get their get 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 their feelings hurt? Basically, they're gonna go to these hostile places, go to Mexico and all these places, just get like chanted on left to right. Everybody does that. Every team goes through that. It doesn't matter if you're the men's team, the women's team, the United States, Mexico, Trinidad and Tobago, Belize, El Salvador, Nicaragua, whatever. You're going to go through it. So to sit there and be like, oh, the men's team uh, goes ha- has a harder time because because they're just because they're just sensitive and they get their they have potential to have their feelings hurt. Like, no, that's fucking bullshit. When literally the, the team that has won you and probably given you the most revenue goes through sexist crap. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time I've got to deal with uh, uh, homophobic crap. 99.9% of the time. And that's not even coming from their federation. That's coming from people on their own own home soil. So you're going to try to tell me, you're going to try to convince us that the woman's job isn't as demanding because apparently they have it easier? I no, you're not going to sit there and try to te- and try to convince me that. And no one can. And I know that I lost followers the other day because I just went on a rampage about it. And I don't care. Like that show that says more about you than it does me. Well, I mean, the men's team did, does have a hostile crowd because um, 
they can't draw a crowd to begin with. They so. can't. They can't. Yeah, they'll draw crowds, all right, and then they'll draw. But when you get out drawn in your backyard by L Tree every single time, not even them, dude. Like fucking like. Oh, here's the perfect example. When they play Guatemala, there's a huge crowd. Like, Uh, do you remember Costa Rica? The game that probably was the main reason they didn't qualify more than Trinidad and Tobago. They go, and this is classic U.S. Soccer Federation incompetence. In their wisdom, they decided to play the game against Costa Rica in, uh, in, at Red Bull Arena, where you know there is a huge population of Costa Rican fans. And, the, and so the game, it is a 50-50, almost a neutral site game. Like, it's those type of decisions. So when you see things like that, you kind of start to understand why people are so upset with them. Competent well, then again, like, if you, not to make it all about the men's team, like, it usually comes to the U.S. team, but, like, if you play all of your games in places where you just hope a ton of white people show up and not so many colored people show up, maybe you should also focus on that going forward, too. Playing all your games in, like, like consider like when they reschedule that game to be played in Columbus in the snow. Like, come on, bro. Like, you gotta do better than that. How about you tackle the bigger issue of why people aren't showing up to games? Not trying to figure out how to um, nickel and dime the 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 most white people come up and try to cheer against freaking El Salvador. Like that that's another issue that's coming up. And guess who guess who figured that stuff out? The women's team. So. They got a lot. They got to make both sides talk to each other, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, Cindy can do that. I mean, uh, I, I don't think they have much of a choice. To yeah, at this point, no. <laughs> I just I, the thing that gets me about this is the same people that want to talk about the crowds and everything, or the same ones like, "Oh, look at the revenue. The men's team puts more revenue." It's it would be very e- it's very easy for anything like freaking underwater basket weaving will dr- will draw on a whole bunch of revenue if you promote it and shove it down everyone's throat and make it seem like the- it's it's so typical america it's so typical america of us to be like we're the greatest of all time we're the best we're the best te- we're the best the best ever really really the product doesn't show it like and I don't know if the, maybe that's on the consumer or maybe that's the people like trying to shove it down our throats, but you can't go out there, try to try to say that you have this phenomenal product that has World Cup winning potential when the product goes out there, forgets how to play how to play half the time, and then when push comes to shove, when they when they when they have the opportunity, the moment is right in front of them to establish themselves and be like, you know what, forget what happened. We're going to do this. We're going to get through this game. We're going to win. We're going to get to the World Cup. You don't. They falter. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the women's team has literally taken all challenges and beaten them. They are quite literally the textbook definition of come at the come at the queen, best not miss, and everyone freaking misses. Like, And you're not going to promote them, the four-time World Cup champions who have the most marketable human beings on the planet. Like, 
how how are they not capitalizing off an Alex Morgan? How are they not capitalizing off of well, Trump is why they're not capitalizing off of Megan Rapino. How are you not capitalizing off of, <laughs> off of a Christopher? I said it. You I, you know I'm right. I know. No, 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 no. I'm just <laughs> laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know I mean, it. I feel like most countries don't, though. I think it's like not just an American problem in that sense. I feel like most countries don't do that. I would so say England, I, think, I would say England is really do, is doing a phenomenal job right now with it right now. Probably England and maybe maybe but, France, but England's really revving it up a little bit. I would say. Uh, here's the thing. Here's at the least thing with their domestic office. league, the domestic leagues, at least. I don't know about the national team much. The, the domestic leagues, it's easier for them because they're, because it's not, they have, they're both under like the same club. Mm-hmm. So you'll have Manchester United, the, it's the men's team, and then you have the women's team. They're both under the same ownership. So for them, spending money on a women's team is a drop in the bucket. Like I look at Real Madrid. Do they have a women's team now? They they bought a women's team. Oh, they didn't create one. one. They bought one. <laughs> <laughs> they bought a newly promoted women's side. <laughs> and they were That's like, "So yeah, Real Madrid, it hurts." It is. <laughs> and they were like, "You know what? We're gonna turn it into our women's team." That and is so, so like, Madrid. Like the only the only team in Europe that I can say I knew about for the longest was Lyon. Agreed. Lyon because Agreed. they gave a damn from the beginning. They outspent everyone with ease. They had no problem investing. They won so many league titles in a row. Uh, it, 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 they won so many Champions Leagues. It was like they were the standard holders. And now Lyon is like, you know what? We're gonna buy the rain, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go to NWFL. We're gonna buy you. Are you trying to say Leon is trying to pull a Madrid right now? <laughs> Leon is boss. Leon is doing next level. Yeah, they if any if there's any team that should be buying teams, it's definitely them. They like obviously they know how to make it work. So right. Like if they're buying wins team, they're gonna try to end up, they're gonna do something. I just my fear for NWSL is the fact that Europe is starting to give a damn now. Because yeah. if it comes mm-hmm. down to that, NWSL can't spend with Europe. It's just they're not gonna be able to do it. And I, I don't that's not me, you know, saying that, you know. And I felt it's just long-term money talks. Well, yeah, I mean, like, look, like, if you look at those ownerships, like, they have, they already have a ton of money. Like, I, I might be speaking out of turn here because I really don't know about like NWSL ownership, but just looking at even Bayern Munich women's team, like, you have essentially a, a, a big team with so much money being like, oh, yeah, we can, like, put half of our earnings into um, Bayern, into Bayern Munich women. We're like, I don't know what Orlando Pride are doing, but, like, would they be able to get in a spending match with them? Like, I no. guess that's, like, a I, general I, question. I, I doubt it. I <laughs> Absolutely doubt not. It. I, I don't right. think. So I think that's but, the next frontier is figuring out how – 
because like Phil said, like I think Europe is starting to take this a lot more seriously. Um, and I hope that it doesn't get to a position where the U.S. has to play catch up to Europe in like 10 years or 20 years because the infrastructure doesn't get any better. So um, uh, it, it could be a uh, I you say 10 years. I said five years because eventually, look, uh, as much as the U.S. women's national team players you know, want to play in front of their crowds, at the end of the day, they're trying to get paid. Like they're they, in, they need to get paid, and they are getting underpaid, embarrassingly so, staying in NWSL. Like they're well, I meant more so for like development, you know? Like I think yeah. that's going to take 10 years of like getting more training camps for women and like um, more coaches like coaching in the women's game and stuff like that. I think that's going to take 10 years. And the other thing is, well, no, I look at it and I'm I, I, watching the World Cup last year. I looked at that Spain match and then I look at the Spanish Women's League and it's like a lot of those players were really young. If if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, um, it, it's it's more so at this point. When you look at the age range, and the same thing used to be for MLS, you had a lot of, you know, your 17, 18-year-olds. You have them now going pro in Spain. And as to America, they're still going the college route because, you know, going pro so young, it's not seen as a viable idea. And I'm just waiting for that transition to where it's feasible enough for really talented young players to say, you know what, I want to go and be a pro, you know, coming out of high school, you know, because it's financially feasible. It just now is getting to the point in men's soccer where it's that way. I'm really hoping at some point in the next 10 years that it gets to that point for uh, young women because I really think that you're going to see a gap in terms of experience start to develop when you have these young European players who are going pro early so they have that advantage of it as experience and development in the program as opposed to the players coming out of college in the women's game in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, nothing to argue with there, that's for sure. Um, yeah. And I think that is going to be the next. <laughs> no, I think that is going to be the next challenge. It's like, how is the U.S. going to deal with that? Because you're right. Like, right now, like, I mean, thanks to Title IX, which was awesome. Like, a lot of the college is the best route right now, and that is changing. Like you're saying, and I think the U.S. got to figure out what their next move is. Like, maybe, I'm not sure. Like. Do I, uh, yeah, and some NWSL players uh, teams have academies, right? Yes. I mean, the fact <laughs> that it's not like an immediate yes is like a concern. <laughs> but yeah, I think I, that's I, the next frontier. Like, yeah, I won't speak like I'm an expert on it. Of right, course, like, I, like, right, like right, no, not at all. No, like, I don't. Well, I don't want to say anything. Like, I'm just guessing what I say yes, just because right. I know that there's like there was there's the reserve teams but other than that i i'm not going to speak on something that i'm not educated about because 
No. <laughs> right. No, that's um definitely. I mean, but yeah, I just I just really want to see the U.S. women's. I know they're already the best, but I know it can get even better. Um, and I begrudgingly want the same for a men's team. And I don't think Codero, Car- Carlos Codero was the right dude for that. Obviously, Carlos, I mean, no, sorry. he wasn't right for either side. No, like, not for either side. And now, unfortunately, um, someone has to clean up the mess. Somebody has to. And um, I think the, I think symbolically, it being a former U.S. women's team, either player, technical staff, having to clean up the mess of a man is uh, pretty symbolic. So. I feel like that's borderline poetic at this point, honestly. <laughs> it just seems only fitting at the, at this rate. So that, that leads me to, I guess, my final question here. Which is the if if you were if you were in that room with uh with the new with President Cohn now if you are in that room and you are the, and it's her first day like her first full day as acting president of the Federation what is the first thing you think if if you were in that room with her what is the first thing you would tell her Con- with especially with the lawsuit and everything going on and all and with the federation already with its PR nightmare and now you've and now you're she's brought into this nightmare and has to you know settle it down she's basically playing the role of caretaker manager at this rate what do you tell her what do you what's your first thing of it that you think that she should do I wouldn't tell her shit she's gonna have enough men telling her what to do going forward <laughs> <laughs> true that true that i mean he ain't wrong i just i just oh uh, what do you think is what do you guys think though is is probably the next step with with this lawsuit and everything like what is what in your opinion where do you see this going now as you mentioned a new or you know new president you know pr nightmare happening all this stuff happening we still have well, Tokyo. We still have Tokyo to get to eventually. Maybe. 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 Right. You know, coronavirus pending. But what's next with this lawsuit? I mean, uh, uh. I don't think anybody knows, bro. And I think that's I that's what I think that's what today's change is going to really set the tone for is what's going to happen next. Like, what is Cindy's view on things? Um, I think we're just gonna have to see. I I don't know enough about like legal stuff to really say anything on that, but I am very excited to see what 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 the new president's gonna do about this because I think like you guys are saying with the PR mess, with so many people pissed off about this, like I think any other step forward with the lawsuit is gonna be absolutely terrible. So we. I think we'll see. Oh man, what a it! The last forty-eight hours, I swear. Um, it's been like two years, dude. It yeah, it has, it's, and it's it's at least, it's, oh it's kind of like my friend made the joke about. He said this season of Earth has been the wildest so far. Oh my yeah, God. there's no redemption arc happening right now. It is nope. just no, no, no. There's a <laughs> no one has arc. plot armor. No one has plot armor. It's wild, wild west. But if there's a <laughs> redemption arc, it's 
it may be the most epic redemption arc ever. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna Honestly. have to be. I just this year, 2020 is by far the yeah. Um, before before we close it out, and I have and I have you guys give any like final thoughts you guys have and uh, give out and like uh, say you guys are socials and everything to promote to promote yourselves. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Hudson Odoi from Chelsea. Yep, tested, he has it too. Yeah, positive. Yep, they got they got to cancel it tomorrow. There's, I have a hard time feeling, uh, thinking that they're going to play, considering that he's tested positive. Uh, Mikel or Arteta's uh, three, tested positive. Three Leicester cities are Leicester City players are in self quarantine, so. I think ben, I have a I hard think, time believing they're gonna play. I think Benjamin Mendy's self quarantining himself now too. So, like, it, they have to. You know, here's the funny thing, and I know people are like, no, it's not funny. No, it's hilarious. Um, I mean, we got to make light of this somehow, some way. Somehow, in Liverpool's best season ever, <laughs> they are still going to end up with no trophies. <laughs> Let's just think on that. You, so you don't think they're just gonna award them the trophy? They're already a they bit of a billion. They, can, they can't do that. They can't. They can't. No. No. Oh shit. Because if they that award, makes me happy. If they were to award them the title, then they would have to automatically relegate everyone in the relegation zone. That's oh no. And, yeah. And the, that's not those, gonna happen. No. Those lawyers would have a field day. Dude, I mean, I'm all about team. Don't give Liverpool a trophy. I'm sorry, Kyle. I am sorry. I'm very sorry. Please, please forgive me. Um, no, no, don't apologize. Do not apologize. <laughs> this is glorious. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to have Kyle come after me about it because my team is the easiest target for him right now. So, <laughs> Corona 19, oh Liverpool 18. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, no. oh no. What have I done? <laughs> it's not what have you done. Oh, it's what God. has life done. <laughs> Seriously at this at this rate. Good God. I just uh, see Liverpool fans just really collapsing at this point oh my goodness nothing has gone right for them the last week and a half has it like nothing oh no poor liverpool how will they live how will they ever survive even (laughs) after winning a champions league they real this this is really what's gonna bring them down this is such a low point for that entire organization guys i don't think you guys realize how much of a devastating blow this could be to the club you know, you know, forget about Bury. You know, Bury didn't experience what Liverpool experienced. Like, <laughs> you can't compare the pain a Liverpool fan is feeling right now. Forget Bury. Forget the Bolton. You know, forget those teams. Oh my God. Oh. I just. Yeah, Liverpool. I'm. Sucks to suck, I guess. Um, all right. Final Can't thoughts. I'm Slippy Jesus, huh? <laughs> oh, final thoughts uh, for you guys about anything that we talked about today. I'll start uh, with you. 
Oh, actually, either one of you guys, if you guys uh, just, whichever one go wants ahead, to go Jake. first. No, you go, Phil. Oh, uh, you go, Jake. Here we no, go. you seem like you have a lot of West Ham inks to get out, so maybe. You no, no, no. I'm I'm good out. on that. I'm good on that. <laughs> <laughs> you could go ahead this time. I know Cologne had a tough week. Let 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 it out, buddy. I'm here for you. Oh, dude, we're we're uh, eight wins and eleven. How's uh, West Ham doing? We're staying up one way or another. <laughs> West Ham fans started the virus. Put that down. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I deny that with every fiber of my being. <laughs> anyway, my final thought is don't forget women of color. That's it. Yep. Black girl magic. Um, I guess mine is the irony of all this happening during Women's History Month. Just the cruel irony of it all to the hey. point where I don't even think it's ironic. It is karma. <laughs> like. I don't think it's ironic that they dropped that lettering like smack dab in the middle of it on Women's History Month in the She Believes Cup. But yeah, karma is, huh, yikes. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorns. Imagine over 20 of them. Also, shout out to Plastics, uh, cool supporters group that came up. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, shout out to them. Yeah, honestly, I, I was... I wanted to say something about that too, but it slipped to my mind. Like I, I saw that and I saw uh, everything uh, that they're doing, and I love it. I love it so much. So, like, legitimately, if there is anything I can do to help you guys, if any of you are listening right now, uh, if there's anything I can do to help, please let me know, and I would love to help. That is just so awesome what they're doing. That's, but that's that's all I got. Uh, you guys want to uh. Plug your guys' socials. Uh, where where can everyone find you guys at? At fires underscore black on Twitter. And on Instagram. Uh, I'm actually going to change it probably tonight. Either BlackfiresCF97. Uh, we got a new logo, actually. Shout out yeah. to Ken Kimber. Thank you for making it. Shout out um, to you, Ken. And if you want to join, we've get we've been getting this a lot recently. If you want to join, I think the motto is "shit." All you had to do was ask. So, <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> shit, all you had to do was ask. That that's essentially it. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my god, I need that on a t-shirt like ASAP. <laughs> I need that somewhere. Oh, yeah, and hashtag free Kyle Carr. I know he's already free, but whatever. Yeah, honestly, free Kyle Carr. Like, for real. Free my homie call, Kyle. He ain't do anything. He, he really didn't do didn't. nothing wrong, but <laughs> still free him. Honestly. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, uh, Jake, Phil, thank you guys so much for coming on. It's uh, It took us a minute, but no, I'm, gl- I'm glad you guys came on to the, uh, to the show. So thank you guys. thanks for the invite bro alright and thank you guys all for listening and I will catch you guys next time and hopefully it's not 
too long of a time uh, when I record an episode. But whenever that is, I'll catch you guys next time on the next episode of Sports and More. (laughs) 